to you by thegamereviews.com and now part of the Unified Gamers Network. You're listening to Big Red Potion, the podcast that wants to give Tim Schafer a hug. I'm your temporary host, Joe D'Elia, stationed right outside the Los Angeles Convention Center, home of E3 2009. Unfortunately, the enigmatic Sinan Cuba couldn't make it to Los Angeles this year, so I've asked a few peeps that you might have heard of from previous Big Red Potion episodes to attempt the nearly insurmountable task of filling that void. So first up is show regular Eddie Inizato. How you doing? We're out here. I'm pirating signal from the E3 Expo because I don't have any uh, internet signal in my hotel, which is the same one as Joe's here, and he could tell you how difficult it's been. Um, but I hope to have a good cast here. There you go. Thank you, sir. And uh, we got two very special guests, actually, the uh, editor-in-chief and owner of thegamereviews.com. First up is Ben Fisher. How's it going there, TGR fans? Here we are. We're at E3. We've got some Ghostbusters soundtrack in the background. And uh, we're proud to be here and having a great time with the army of TGR at E3. Yeah, by the end of this podcast, you will know that Bustin makes you feel good because this song has been repeating for the past 10 minutes. So also here is John Laster, editor-in-chief of thegamereviews.com. Hey, this is John. So for those of you who are wondering, I'm actually not a robot and some kind of fictional piece created by the site. Uh, we're out here at E3. It's... Oh, too close. Okay. So, yeah, th- we're out here at E3, and it's not the same E3 as last year. It doesn't feel like a hospital that's empty. Actually, I did want to add one thing, and that is is that John actually is a robot. We're using the new technology from Microsoft, and instead of a uh, creating a, a Simon, uh, it's John. Well, that kind of destroys my intro, where I was about to say that this is the only E3 podcast where we won't talk about Project Natal, the Wii Vitality Center, or the PSP Go. <laughs> instead, we would be talking about the show itself. Is E3 still relevant? Does the video game industry need an overblown spectacle like this, or is it simply a showcase for publishers to toot their own horn to the ever-so-eager gaming media and fans? So, before we get into that, I'd like to ask our guests. Um, so today is Wednesday, the second day of the show. Everyone here has had one day to explore, so I figured I would ask everyone on the panel here what they thought of the first day. If they haven't been to, well, everyone here has been to a previous E3, right? So that gets thrown out. So, um, what do you guys thought of the first day of the show? Um, do you think it was good, bad, compared to your previous experiences? So, uh, Eddie. Um, well, I kind of like this show. Last year I was here. It was the only other time that I was at E3. Um, it, it was pretty quiet, but it was intimate last year. This year, I, it still maintains some of that intimate feel with a lot of the meeting rooms. And if you go down to the booths, you can still talk to the developers directly. But there's more of a, a spectacle, and it's more of an event. So... It's more fun, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Things are definitely a bit bigger and badder this year. So, um, Ben? Well, uh, we've been around for two years now, and last year was my first E3. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to any of the E3s prior to that. I've definitely heard about all the hype, and uh, was hoping that this show would actually live up to that hype. So, uh, the first day we were here, we actually were here on Monday. Before the, when the crowds have started coming in, and from looking at the balcony up above on the upper concourse, we could see that there were just tons of people in line to register on the first day. That's usually a very good sign. And so I think that uh, you know E3 is is definitely becoming a little bit more revitalized. 
Uh, last year, I was underwhelmed completely, especially with the, the kiosks versus having any kind of booths. And no booth babes, of course. Yeah, no one likes that. So, um, John, what do you think of V3 this year? What's your first day impression? Well, last year was really, really empty. But for me, the most important part is just being able to talk to the people behind the games. Because it's one of the few times we're going to get to talk to them face-by-face before their game launches. Most of the time it's over the Internet. So a lot of the people we've been talking to are people we deal with all year. And we only really see them at events like this. And the nice thing about this E3 is it seems like it's not just press. There's also some gamers in there and some people who are here just to enjoy the expo. Absolutely. Actually, what you guys touched upon was what I want to ask specifically. So... Traditionally, E3 has been about the spectacle, but they dramatically dialed that back in the last two years, taking the glitz and glamour away from the show. Obviously, E3 has relapsed back to its former adulterous self this year. So what do you guys think of the format? Do you like the way it's overblown and, you know, um, pretty much the Hollywood version of the show that we're getting this year of everything is out there? Or do you like the more intimate, close uh, type of show that they had the last two years where it's just the specific gaming media and not everyone else wandering around aimlessly well like I said I never got to experience the the big show but um, I think I kind of like the way it is this year being that it's uh, a sort of medium between the really quiet E3 of last year and the bigger shows of prior years because even now sometimes I feel like when I'm walking through the show floor and at some of the booths it's a little bit difficult to get exactly where I need to be, even though eventually I can talk to who I need to talk to. So I think anything more, like making it any bigger, more festival-like, would be a little bit counterproductive for those of us in the industry who are trying to get things done. Yeah, I went to E3 2006. Um, I think they said they're going to have about 35,000 people there this year, and in 2006 they had 60,000 and you literally could not walk through the halls. You had to wait in line just to get through the alleyways to get to where you had to go. So it was just a, a big cluster mess that really didn't work out for anybody. But um, so, all right. So Ben, what do you think? You know, I think the the show right now is is very manageable, and uh, you know, the the initial intention of E3 really was to get the enthusiast press very excited, trade excited, and retail excited. They've done a great job that upstairs on the concourse now, most of the conference rooms there are actually for retail outlets, marketing partners, discussions like that. So you can have the up-close personal contact and the nice sit-down and relaxed upstairs on the concourse. Uh, they've also brought that down onto the show floor, so you can kind of get in there and go into the backs and be a little bit more personal, more intimate with the people there. You know, I think that if the size doubled to what it is right now, it would lose a lot of its luster for me. Um, gaming is definitely all about entertainment. It's about having fun. It's about that rush and excitement. But when it gets to the point where that rush and that excitement is just so overwhelming that you can't do anything with it, then it kind of loses it at that point. 
No, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. The only positive thing to I, what I'll say about the $60,000 people thing from 2006 was that uh, while walking around, I saw Gallagher, the comedian from the, the uh, early 1980s that used to oh, smash nice. watermelons, and I saw Sinbad, the comedian from the early 90s that used to... And that's just the most completely random celebrity experience I've ever had in my life, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. So, uh, John, what do you think about the new format? As far as the new format goes, I like it for the most part because... It's a nice balance, like Eddie was saying, but for the most part, it needs to figure out what its focus is. If E3 is supposed to be a trade show with mostly like press and that sort of thing, it needs to make sure that can still get accomplished, which I think they're doing this year. Because if you had so many people that you can't walk between places, it's kind of going to hamper that. But it still kind of leaves a void if it was like that for the just normal gamers. Like Comic-Con and stuff like that is open to the public. It gets a huge amount of stuff every year. So you kind of need something like that with gaming. I mean, PAX has been trying to do something like that. So uh, I think the way they have E3 set up this year is if you really want to be here, you can be here and you can see whatever you want. You can stand in line and you'll be able to see what you want. And that's a really nice experience. So the consensus here is that pretty much the way they're doing it now is the best of both worlds, where it has some of the intimacy of the last couple of years, but it also has the big glitziness from a couple of years ago. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome that they, they kind of nailed it. All right, so, I mean, with all this in mind, we should probably get into the main topic of today's show, which would be, last couple of years, people have kind of questioned the need for an E3, because online media has risen so quickly. The blogs have reported everything the second it happens. There's all this new attention being devoted to instant gaming media, getting stuff out there to people months and months and months in advance before the magazines ever hit shelves, before people ever have to, you know, see it in person. So... You know, since the whole point of E3 was to inform people about these games that were coming out, with all these new forms of media out there, that kind of has been dampened a little bit. So, wanted to basically get you guys' thoughts on um, what do you think? Do you think E3 is necessary anymore? Do you think that this kind of big thing is really important, as important to the industry as it was, say, a decade ago? And do you think that E3 will stay a mandatory part of the, an important part, integral of the? Uh, the gaming public? Well, while I don't think it's absolutely necessary, I do think that it's a very useful tool for the industry, and mostly from a marketing perspective, from uh, like the PR of all the different publishers, it's a good way, obviously, to, to pimp out their titles, but um, to, to meet with everyone who's writing about the games face-to-face, -face, it, it helps to develop a sort of rapport, you know, and to build relationships between everyone. And um, it's also a lot easier for the press to actually get our hands on things because otherwise you have to go through all the, all the complications of shipping and whatever, and there are a lot of time constraints here. Everyone's here. All the games are here. We get our hands on. We get our eyes on. And we come away with a lot of content and a lot of experience to write about. So it is definitely beneficial, although... With the internet and uh, constant communication, it's slightly less necessary, but I still feel it's a good thing. So basically, you're saying as a as a writer, it's an important tool to use in your arsenal. You have you build up all these things here that you can use for the next year. You have all these impressions, you have all these contacts, and all that stuff basically makes E3 worth it as for the gaming journalist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's it's definitely useful for us, and it's more useful maybe for for the PR department. Sure, absolutely. They've been working full force over here. All right, so um, Ben, as a site owner, what do you think about uh, E3? Is it still relevant? Well, 
Big shows in entertainment have been around since before P.T. Barnum. You know, and I think that also one thing I want to say in particular with TGR that's actually has nothing to do with P.T. Barnum is that the game reviews was meant to be as a great stepping stone for journalists and for writers in general and gaming enthusiasts. So somebody wants to start up a blog, they want to be a writer, they want to hone their craft, and then they want to meet people. And maybe they want to become a game designer if they become a professional journalist, a podcaster. (laughs) And, but just interacting with just, say, just TGR, just a blog, or just Gamernode, whatnot, you don't get that full exposure, and you don't get to meet the PR people face-to-face. You get that phone conversation, that IM, that email. So I, I think it's actually a very necessary component. Yes, there's shows like PAX, there's shows like GDC, but PAX is very consumer-focused. GDC is very industry-focused, looking for developers and recruitment. But there's nothing really that can help the journalist along their journey. And E3 was really it, one, of, it's one of the components of why it was created, was to help journalists really get a sneak peek, a preview, and a chance to forge a relationship with somebody else in the industry, mainly a PR manager, an associate manager, maybe a lead developer or whatnot. So uh, I think in that aspect, E3 is, is definitely necessary. Yeah, you, you, can, you really end up like making friends too. Like with PR people, with other journalists, you meet people and you, you make legitimate friends. So that's a nice thing about it too. Yeah, I've actually spent the last day hopefully meeting future Big Red Potion guests, so that actually works out. Uh, I agree with both of you and what you've been saying. Um, it is a way, good, great way to link what we do and what they do in the best possible way. You get to see everyone face-to-face. You get to play their games as they're talking to you. You get to interact with them as much as you want without the constraints of you know, no e- the email not reaching the right person or someone else's schedule being too busy to get to you. So in that respect, I will agree that E3 has really... Uh, linked the two more intricately than anyone else, any other way possible. And um, so, John, what do you think? I'd say the main importance for E3 is more or less some of the smaller sites. The bigger sites are going to see all this stuff no matter what. They're going to get flown out there. They're going to do coverage no matter what. A lot of the smaller sites, you can't afford to go see every single studio and fly out there. So when you have a giant hub like E3 where you can basically go 10 feet and go to the next company instead of having to fly, uh, say, 100,000 miles or something crazy. Like, some of these are in Australia and such, but uh, it just makes it a whole lot easier to be able to see everything you want to see. You're able to cover everything you want to cover. So as far as E3 goes, I'd say it's necessary as long as you want to keep some of those smaller sites involved, as long as you want to keep some of those non-traditional sites involved, like some of the local newspapers and such, wouldn't be doing games coverage if they had to fly their employees out to go see an individual studio. They might not think it's worth it, but if they can come here and they can get all this coverage done, it's one of those things that's a very nice tool, and it's very good to be able to meet all the people that you're going to be dealing with. So I think it's kind of needed, unless you're going to say that you can cut the media down to those larger sites in a sense. No, absolutely, and it's also a good tool for the smaller game developers also that may not get the attention that you know um, bigger ones would get, but here they kind of have the same amount of opportunity to reach the public, to reach the, the guys who are here to write about games. So that really is very helpful. And I actually wanted to ask you two specifically about, from people who you know own and operate a site and have you know built it from scratch and everything, 
how was E3 last year? How helpful was it to you guys as far as like building everything up for you guys to get into this site? Uh, E3 last year actually was really fantastic for us. Uh, we were in our first year of operation. We had also uh, started the Inside the Game series, uh, you know, which has now I think grown to a pretty decent popularity standpoint. But you know, at, at E3 we were able to sit down, for instance, and just we ran into Dennis Dyack. And we're like, hey, you know, let's go ahead and let's do this. You know, we got to sit down with the owners of BioWare and do an Inside the Game series with them. So, uh, so E3 last year was very, it was great opportunity. This year, you know, it's still a great opportunity. We're getting to re-see all of the people that we met last year and getting to see them again, again, strengthen those relationships. Um, yeah, so. I think it just adds another level of showing how serious you are in a sense. If you're willing to pay to fly out to E3, that's a whole lot different than if a PR publisher or someone just gets a email that says, hey, I want to review your title. They know you're serious. If they've met you face-to-face, they've seen you at E3, they've seen the coverage you're doing, you've been talking to them. And the main thing is also when you talk to people, you got to make sure you keep talking to them. Like these relationships are relationships. It's not more – you can't just walk up and cold call people. It's one of those things that you kind of just have to develop over time. You need to make sure that you're keeping in contact. You need to make sure they're still covering your game. And you need to well, just act like they're normal people to a degree. A lot of these people just want to talk about games. They want to enjoy the stuff. And they want your honest feedback. They've already gotten a couple emails, actually, where they're just like, hey, can you just tell us what you thought of the game, honestly? They just want feedback so they can make the better experience for everyone. Absolutely. It's actually an interesting angle because, the, you know, when you see E3 coverage on TV, on the internet, all you see is the what they want you to see, the game coverage, the interviews with these guys. You don't actually get to see, like, the journalist perspective or even the site runner perspective of how this can be a useful tool to getting what you need for the next year worth of coverage, pretty much. So, pretty much, as E3, so as, from a business standpoint, E3 is absolutely necessary. It, can if you know if this didn't exist, sites like TGR, even the bigger sites, would not be able to really do anything with their their sites coverage. So, okay, that's great. So, I think we've bad about covered that. But I have one more question for you guys. As I said before, we all have been here for one day. So, tell me what the most impressive thing you saw yesterday was. Oh man, you always have to give it to me first, right? The indecisive guy. Um, well, I saw Brink from Splash Damage and Bethesda, and I hadn't heard anything about that before, but I found that to be really impressive. It's a squad-based first-person shooter, and um, it incorporates elements of Mirror's Edge almost, um, except in a much more streamlined fashion. You sort of hold down a button, and you can vault, mantle, run, jump, slide around uh, all kinds of different terrain like if there's a garbage can in the middle like in your way you'll just seamlessly jump over that but it's also um, on a foundation of a really well-designed first-person shooter I mean it's from splash damage they made enemy territory quake wars so you know it's got some uh, good shooting mechanics behind it and um, also it it features uh, persistent uh, character development across single-player, multiplayer, and cooperative modes, and uh, it, a, lot, a lot of other stuff. It's, uh, it's a good-looking game, and I think it's going to do really well. 
Well, that's really great. Um, I actually want to check out Break. I've heard nothing but good things about it, so I'm going to try and make my way over there today. Uh, ben, what do you think? Well, I mean, just seeing the show in general was exciting yesterday, of course. Uh, but I, I got to say, my the highlight of my day so far has been uh, with All Points Bulletin. All Points Bulletin, you know, we got in behind the scenes. We got to see a lot of how they're doing with the character customization, you know, as well as I'll postulate kind of on the uh, what the economic kind of uh, how they're going to be monetizing it. And uh, just overall, in general, in general, I think it's really going to be a, a very quality game that they put a lot of you know heart and soul into. So that's what I was like last yesterday. Yeah, the game definitely looks interesting, and uh, it's really weird to see the MMOs evolve from like the simple fantasy environments to now this urban environment, Grand Theft Auto basically environment. So that's actually going to be a really cool thing to see when it comes out. Do you know when it's coming out? New. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough. And, John, what's the best thing you saw yesterday? It sounds like we've all been to some of the same meetings because they just took both of mine, so I'm going to have to go with Mass Effect 2. It, it's it's a sequel, so, I mean, you're almost not expecting too much from it. But the sheer fact that it looks like they fixed everything that was wrong with it. Combat seems more fluid. It's more involved with your actual playing than it is with, like, your character's build and such. If you shoot a guy in the head, it's actually going to hit him in the head. It's not going to miss and have a random die roll. So it's one of those things. And it's also pretty cool that when you shoot someone in the arm, their arm is going to fly back. If you shoot a robot in the leg, the robot's leg might fly off. Uh, they're just killing the elevator load times by a good bit. They promised me that one. So for those of you who are curious. And each world should have more to it. So as long as they can capitalize on all of that, it should be a very good game. Okay, great. Yeah, I saw Mass Effect 2 as well, and I, I'm incredibly stoked about that one in particular. So that's going to be real cool. Um, so on that note, I guess we will wrap things up. Um, I want to thank uh, Eddie, Ben, and John for coming on the show. This is really fantastic and a really interesting episode of Big Red Potion. We've uh, never done a live show before, so we'll see how this one turns out. Um, anyone have any quick plugs they want to throw out? Um, Gamerno.com, thegamereviews.com, and... Twitter slash Italian Breadman. It's all my stuff. And also, uh, I forgot to mention that Assassin's Creed looks uh, really good. I don't think anyone would deny that. Uh, ben, you have any quick plugs to throw out? Uh, quick plugs? Yes, actually. Um, here at the show, we have uh, we are kind of, in a sense, stealthily announcing the new Apple iPhone application that we've got coming out very shortly, actually about three weeks. We just became Screen Actors Guild signatories. What that basically means is we can now hire Hollywood talent. And we are working with David Sibeloff, the voice of the Arbiter in Halo Wars, as well as Colonel Vasquez, Call of Duty 4. He's also a couple, I can't say how many, of the, of the bosses and characters in Brutal Legend as well as some other upcoming games like Prototype and such. Uh, he's got this really deep voice, but he's also just a great guy to work with, and we might be able to even get him here on the show. But, uh, yeah, we're working on a project called I Am Evil and I Dude. So, and those are going to be coming out in a couple weeks. Okay, great. That sounds really awesome. So, uh, John, any plugs? Uh, Eddie basically covered them for me, but, yeah, check out thegamereviews.com. Yeah. Uh, we love feedback about it, so if you have anything, feel free to email john at thegamereviews.com. It's a pretty simple email to remember. 
Uh, we should be getting coverage up for you guys as soon as we can get a stable internet connection. So hopefully this show makes it up. <laughs> yep, by the time the show goes up, you guys should be seeing some pretty cool coverage on TGR. And I also want to thank, since the owners are here, I want to thank TGR because they gave me my start in the industry. So uh, there would be no Joe on Big Red Potion without these guys. So thank you very much. So on that note, uh, let's finish this thing up. Um, that about does it for the outdoorsy edition of Big Red Potion. If you've been hearing the Ghostbusters song and it's now stuck in your head, I don't apologize because it's a fantastic song. Everything goes back to normal next week where we will discuss the fate of single-player gaming. Until then, thank you all for listening, and goodbye from Los Angeles. <laughs>